Here's what's coming up next on Ready to Lead. I felt deep emotion coming, and I was like, "Oh shoot! I, 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 I have a feeling I'm going to cry here." And I see a, you know the mirror behind the glass behind me, and I was like, "I don't care." And I remember saying, "It's amazing that 11 years ago, we committed to each other to not be proud, to not be greedy, to not be lazy, but to be humble, to be selfless, and to work hard." And now, 11 years later. Our relationship is stronger, richer, more powerful, more endearing than ever before because we did that, and we just cried and cried and held each other and hugged, and it was just awesome. It was such a cool <laughs> moment because we knew it was hard work to do that. You know, it wasn't easy to just put put the the natural tendencies aside, but it can be done. And we learned when we when we followed those core values and we really stuck stuck true to the the ground rules that we talked about. It worked out super, super powerfully. Welcome to Ready to Lead, a show that gives you, the leader, tools, tips, and insights you need to grow your team, your company, and yourself. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Ready to Lead podcast. We're so excited you're here with us. Today is a great one. I'm so excited to be joined here with a special guest, uh, someone who shares my same last name, Clay Mask. Welcome, Clay. How are you doing? Great, Jeff. Awesome to be here with you. <laughs> and yes, he's my brother. And yes, <laughs> we're going to be talking about that exact topic today. So just a quick background about Clay. He's the CEO and, and co-founder of Keep, what, which used to be Infusionsoft, uh, which is sales, it's a sales and marketing automation platform for entrepreneurs who are growing, who are epic. And why? Because he's epic. He's just, he's doing some amazing things with it. If you haven't checked it out, you should. But this isn't about keep. It's more about how do you work with family? How do you work with friends? And, and what we really want to cover today is nepotism and favoritism. How do you lead through that? When you're growing a business, when, you, when you're growing a team, very often our knee-jerk reaction when we hire is to hire people we know, like, and trust. And very often those are our friends and our family members, but yet there are all sorts of horror stories, problems, and issues that can arise. And many of you are likely nodding your, your head saying, yeah, I've been a part of that or I've seen that and I, I want to avoid that like the plague. Well, today we're going to jump right in. We're going to go really deep in this topic, in fact. Um, Clayton, I have a lot of experience of working together in multiple companies over the years, and we have seen what works really well. We've also seen what is pretty painful <laughs> and create some family strife. So again, Clay, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, I know that the audience today is going to be in for an amazing episode. So let's yeah. jump in. I'd love for people to hear a little bit about you, Clay. In your own words, tell us just kind of what you do and why you do it. Yeah, so you said it well. I, I, I lead entrepreneurs. I love I love the the path that entrepreneurs take. I just have great respect for the the grit and and tenacity and perseverance that they show as they build their companies. And so, you know, that that's always been something that's been really important to me and we built a company that empowers entrepreneurs to overcome the challenges, the frustrations, all of the all the things that happen when they thought they were going to start a business and find freedom, and instead they they realize they become very captive to the business, and so we 
we learned early on that automating the sales and marketing process was a total game changer for us and for our customers. And we created a platform to do that for growing small businesses. So Keep is sales and marketing automation for entrepreneurs and their teams, just as you said. And it combines CRM, sales, marketing, payments, e-commerce into one platform that automates the process so that entrepreneurs can have more time in their lives, they can grow their business, and they can find the freedom they were looking for when they started their business. Love it. The irony of, of starting a business and the freedom you, you seek out to, to achieve only to feel enslaved and imprisoned by the, the business you start. Yeah. I love it. Thanks for sharing that. And um, it's awesome what you're doing. Uh, for those, you know, some of you may know this, but many of you, most of you probably don't. Clayton and I worked together at Infusionsoft slash Keep for over a decade. And so we, we have definitely learned what works well and, like I said, what doesn't. And what I want us to do in this episode is I want you to think about your particular teams. Who currently is on your team that you kind of get along with a little bit better? Might be a friend, might be a family member, might be someone you've just worked worked with longer than other people on the team. Because what I want to get to is how are we as leaders showing up when it comes to our teams and people that we're comfortable with versus those that we're kind of getting to know? And and how is it received from from the new member of the team? How are we leading them? And what are some blind spots that we might have in leading? So now let, let's, topic, let's go deeper on the topic of family and business and the horror stories we can hear very often of, man, that family got, you know, got torn apart or they don't, they don't talk to each other anymore or so-and-so took all the money and ran, all the stuff that you can hear. <laughs> Clay, from your perspective, what do you think are, you know, what, what are some of the common threads you've seen of, of the horror stories of family and business. You know, we've talked about this for years, but break it down for, for people of what you and I have talked about. Yeah, let me, <clears throat> let me just give a little more context because I have, I started this company with my wife's two younger brothers. <laughs> so I, I know what that looks like. We had other members of her family in the business who had significant roles um, we had, I also had two brothers on my side, obviously two brothers, and then another brother-in-law on my side of the family, my, my sister's husband. So I've had lots of family members <laughs> that I've worked with. Arguably and, too many, some would say. Yeah, maybe. worked very close with. So I, I have a lot of perspective on this, a lot of scar tissue around it, and a lot of <laughs> lessons learned. And so I'm, I'm happy to share those things, but I'll tell you two things. So one, from my perspective of when you and I started working together, Jeff, at a prior company called about.com, and then one from when I started working with my wife's two brothers as we began Infusionsoft, which Keep was formerly known as Infusionsoft. And in both cases, I remember having kind of a, a ground rule setting conversation. Mm-hmm. And I remember that just feeling like if we don't if we don't talk about this openly, then it's going to just start to run a course on its own that we don't necessarily want to occur. So I would say that the first thing in order to make a, a family situation work well is intentionality. You've got to be intentional. You've got to fo- face it. You've got to address real issues. 
And when you and I started working together, I remember we said, look, this is going to be awesome as long as we avoid three things, greed, yeah. pride, and selfishness. If we, if we, on the other hand, are unselfish, we are working really hard, and we, and we are humble, then this is going to be fantastic. Right. And so I, I, I remember having that conversation with you, and then I remember talking with Eric and Scott, my co-founders and at the company here, and I remember saying, We've got to practice open communication. We can't we can't put stuff you know shove stuff under the rug. We've got to be open. We got to confront issues, and we've got to put our relationships above the business. But that doesn't mean that because of our relationship, you can do whatever you want in the right. business. Right. It means that even if we part ways in business, our relationship is is stronger than that, more important than that. And we won't let the relationship be torn down by whatever happens in the business. Yeah. And and so I think when we set those ground rules around communication and and relationship, meaning that we and I remember specifically saying, look, I love you more than I love the business. And it might be that that we're not together working in this business at some point, but my love for you and my care for you is greater than the business. So right. I think those ground rule setting conversations are about the intentionality that's necessary to work together as a family. Love it. So lots to unpack. So let me review a few things. So first thing is be intentional. Second thing is set ground rules of what, what we choose to be and what we choose not to be, which was, you know, following the, the intentionality. And yeah. just in, in case you were listening and, and that went quickly, I want to just break those down real quickly again. So it was greed, pride, and laziness overall versus selflessness and humility and grit, hard work. Those, yeah, those you said the, that right. I think I said a little bit wrong with the three ground rules that you and I set up. But yeah, greed, greed, pride, and, and uh, laziness is what we said. Yeah, I remember when we talked about it and, and you know, because I was worried that working together might ruin our family relationship, you know, and... and and I thought, and I, you know, I had all so many different stories that I had seen in my in my life. And then when we talked about those three, I actually did did a little experiment. And I invite all those that are listening to do the same. If if you know of or have been a part of any difficult family or friend relationships within business, I'll bet you one of those three were, were happening: either greed or pride or laziness. Because you know you kind of get comfortable with each other and maybe apathetic. And every time I was like, oh, yeah, that's it. And so, you know, we, we chose the second time we worked together to really implement that. And in fact, you also said, I remember that first ground, ground rules uh, conversation we had. You, you said, you know, we've got to live that way. And, you know, we have to get those results and work. And if you don't get results and you kind of squirmed a little, I, and I finished the sentence for you and I said, you fire me. And you, and you literally exhale and you're like, okay, yeah, so we're on the same page. Like, totally. <laughs> we have to, right? And that was right. part of the open conversation, which takes me to the third step of just having an open ground rules conversation with intentionality to say, here's what we choose to do. So I want to share a story about why the second time I believe was so helpful and why we did it well. Because the first time my pride and ego got in the way and it wasn't as good. So Back up a few years, it was. It was also different the first time because that wasn't a business we started. Right. 
I was your boss. You were working for me right. at a company where, you know, it was, I was, I hadn't started that company. So it, it felt yeah, a little bit more the second time, like we could, mm -hmm. we could create what we wanted to create. And I, I think that's also part of why it went better. Yeah, that's a good point. At the same time, I would say, if we could go back to our first, you know, the first time, don't feel like just because we aren't owners of the business, we can't create the relationship and the dynamics right. anyway, right? You still can. So if you're listening and you think, oh yeah, I, I'm not owning the business, so I can't do that. I, I really think you still can. But regardless, back, back to this first story. So we're working together. We're, we're building this business. It was a lot of fun. We, we learned a lot. It was, like I like to say, it was at the turn of the century, because it really was. <laughs> it, was it was the dot-com dot era before the bubble burst, and we were having fun. And, you know, I'm six years younger than Clayt. And so part of that is awesome because we're, we're, we're far enough away in age that there isn't a lot of competition because, you know, he would dominate in anything because he was six years older. And uh, at the same time, I had a, I, I totally idolized him, still do. I think he's awesome. And so we had this good relationship. But as I got going and, and started tasting a little bit of success, I started to get a little prideful. And I was like, well, I can do that. And I could, you know, and I was, I would get a little, you know, ahead of myself, if you will. Also, and I would when, get a little prideful and try to keep you in your place. A exactly bit. right. <laughs> <laughs> and so we kind of had that going on, and and you know you had the mental game of me uh, like times ten. You knew my buttons. You knew what to say to manipulate or to keep your thumb on me. And you know that was you know much of it was was deserved um, and self inflicted. But you couldn't help yourself in some ways, right? And our weaknesses came out. I'll never forget this this particular time <laughs> where it all came to an ugly head. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a ping pong table in this particular office and we would play uh, lunch tournaments. And we, when we say play, we would say, I, I mean, like you get done and you're completely sweating like crazy <laughs> ping pong that you would never think you get that tired and sore from ping pong, but we don't mess around with ping pong. So we're going at it and, and Clay would win about 95% of the time, if not more, right? He just kind of had the mental edge on me and, and skill as well. Well, this one particular best of three, we're going at it. He wins, then I win. So he wins game one, I win game two. In game three, we're going at it. It's going neck and neck, neck and neck. Got to win by two. And we get to it, and I get to the end, and I'm ahead by one, and then, and then I score. And, I, and right at the last one, I go and smash it over to, from my right side to his, to his right side. And he doesn't, he doesn't return it because it was just fuego just so so much fire on it <laughs> and he missed it and game over and i won time out what happened was behind him an employee was walking around who a clay didn't see and b didn't didn't interfere but clay did the genius older brother tactic and he threw his threw his paddle on the table and was like sure if you want to win like that and i was like what are you talking about and he's like i mean it was total interference we both know it and i was like You've got to be kidding me. And he's, and he's like, no, no. And so, and then, and then he walks away in his classic way of like, whatever. And he knows, he knows that I'm going to be like, get back here. I'll beat you fair and square. Although I already did, right? But I was dumb enough to take the bait. So we go at it. We, we replay the point. He ends up beating me and then has the audacity to gloat. And I, I swear, 21 years of little brother just exploded. <laughs> I, I went crazy. I, I threw my paddle. And I, was, I started swearing. 
and I don't swear, but I, I, I swore a few, I got a few words out there. And he was, he was kind of embarrassed and angry because we were still at work, right? And he goes, dude, be quiet, be quiet. You're, we're at work. And we're just, sweating. We're embarrassed because we're sweating like this. <laughs> <laughs> and we're so yelling good. at each other. <laughs> He goes, the break so room's finally, off limits for everybody that's not a mask. Totally, totally, totally. So he's like, dude, be quiet. We're at work. And I go, I don't care if we're at work. I'm sick and tired of your crap. And I just went off. But we had to stop. We had to go back to work. Well, you'd think the battle would end. Oh, no. Then we went to Instant Messenger and started fighting on Instant Messenger. <laughs> we had a coworker in between us. And all he could hear was <laughs> angry, angry text. And so anyway, the root of this was my pride my ego. Clates as well, right? We both had it and we both could have been way better about it. But see, this occurred and we got over it and we were okay and our relationship healed. Well, fast forward. The, the bubble burst. Clay went to join uh, Scott and Eric, not, not directly, but pretty quickly after that. I went to another company in pharmaceuticals and there was a moment where I could have joined the company that they had started. And it looked fun. It looked exciting. But honestly, my thought was, I love my brother more than I love business. And I know what happened before and it wasn't good. And, and, I, and it, it hurt our relationship in some way. It didn't completely destroy it, but it hurt it. And I don't want to repeat that. And so, you know, we, we went our separate ways. We matured. That's when I was diagnosed with cancer and, and life totally changed for me. And I had a whole bunch of good root awakenings and just a lot of humility and growth. And pridefully, I kind of quote unquote, found success on my own without family. I, I needed that as the younger brother uh, in ways that I didn't think I did, but I, ultimately I did. But after being there for four years, I was diagnosed, diagnosed with cancer. And at that time, Clayt came back and recruited and said, hey, you should, you should join us. And then we had the conversation. And I was worried. And, and I could tell he was as well, but he's like, you know, I've been looking for this role, looking for someone that has your skill set. And finally, I realized, I remember what you said. You said, we need someone like Jeff. And then finally you oh, said, said no. we, we need a Jeff mask. And then yeah. I said, no, we just need Jeff mask. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you came, came more aggressively and more specifically. And you had at that time got really clear on your purpose and your vision was a lot bigger. And there was just, a, yep. there was an attraction to it that I could feel. And at the mm -hmm. moment I was wrestling with, I want to find purpose in my professional life as well. You know, having, you know, faced, Faith faced death's door with cancer with two kids. And I was like, I don't, I want to do something with my life. And so the timing was great. And that's when we had the great conversation of, all right, if this is going to happen, we don't, I don't want to be another statistic. I don't want to have a, a family relationship that I really treasure to get ruined or tarnished or, or, you know, be non-existent as many, many don't talk to each other. So we went and had the ground rule conversation. We talked about, if I don't deliver, then he fires me. We talked about humility. We talked about selflessness. We talked about working hard and grit. And it was amazing. Fast forward 11 years. Hey, before you do that, it was either at that point or sometime close to that where I said, I don't want you to be my younger brother. Just come be my brother. No, no more younger brother. No more me trying to hold the psychological edge because that's yeah. what I was doing at the ping pong game. And that's mm -hmm. what I did for many years. And it was mm -hmm. totally my pride. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, it, and I just got to know, let's be brothers. And, and I had, I had matured to the point that I could let go of all those brother dynamics. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm not saying I'm perfect at it today, but I think gen generally, I just don't see it as yeah. younger brother, older brother in any way. You know, I, I just, 
Uh, and I, I think that also helped to be able to just say, you know, I'm not, I'm not holding that anymore. I totally agree. I'm glad you said that because I remember where I was in California when we had that conversation and you apologized. Yeah. I forgot about that. You did. And you owned a lot of your behavior because, you know, part of me, I was thinking maybe I'm just being too sensitive and maybe, you know, but you said, no, I, I intentionally do this sometimes. Sometimes it's unintentional, but I do. And I manipulate and I do things and I'm sorry and I'm not going to do that. And I was like, wow, it was really cool. And the, and the humility you showed to, to apologize really opened me to listen and to be more eager for the opportunity versus resistant. And then yeah, and the, back, the, the background the on that was that I, I had two boys by then and I watched the older brother, uh, younger brother dynamic and my heart went out to the younger brother. <laughs> <laughs> So classic. And, and so I realized, true. oh, look what we do as older brothers that we don't even realize we do. And totally. um, so that that opened my eyes and caused me to reflect and recognize what I did to my younger brothers. Mm -hmm. That's a great story. And so true. You know, it's and, and as you're listening, hopefully there are aspects of this that you can identify with. Maybe it's not siblings. Maybe it's really close friends. Maybe it's someone you've, you're associated with in, in your community or at church, and now you have another relationship professionally with them. Understanding these blind spots and, and ways that we behave, I think are super important as we lead because nepotism and favoritism are real. But it doesn't mean we can't hire family and friends. It just means let's have some ground rules and some clarity, some core values, if you will, to make sure that we espouse and we live them daily so that we can have enriching awesome relationships so we work together we we build a company you know i joined for, for context i joined before any capital came in any outside capital we they had bootstrapped it for years uh, i think we were under two million roughly you'll know the numbers better than me because you always know every single number and we were at about 20 30 employees roughly if i recall when and we were about when three million when you joined okay and left 11 years later when we were north of 100 million, north of, I, don't, I can't remember how many employees, you'd know that as well, but you know, hundreds and hundreds, if not a thousand plus. And we looked back and we had that exit interview. You remember that? Mm -hmm. We went into your office and, and for, for those that don't know his office, his office, you get into it with a glass door. So it's very transparent. There's no, so you can see anything and everything. And I went in. Had the conversation, we had the conversation and I felt deep emotion coming and I was like, oh shoot, I, I, I have a feeling I'm going to cry here. And I see a, you know, the mirror or the glass behind me and I was like, I don't care. And I remember saying, it's amazing that 11 years ago, we committed to each other to not be proud, to not be greedy, to not be lazy, but to be humble, to be selfless and to work hard. And now 11 years later, our relationship is stronger, richer, more powerful, more endearing than ever before because we did that and we just cried and cried and held each other and hugged and it was just awesome. It was such a cool <laughs> moment because we knew it was hard work to do that. You know, it wasn't easy to just put put the the natural tendencies aside, but it can be done. And we learned when we when we followed those core values and we really stuck stuck true to the the ground rules that we talked about it worked out super, super powerfully. Um, you know, and then since we've been gone our separate ways after it's been what, four years now, right. Or, or mm -hmm. around there, yep. which is crazy. Yep. It has been exactly four years. That is crazy. Mm -hmm. What a, what a 
thing that time is. So as you're listening, hopefully some of this you're, you're taking note. Even if you don't work with family or friends, these core values still are super powerful. Think about it. If you're humble, if, if you are selfless, if you work hard and, and you're gritty and you, you achieve results for the company, it's amazing what we can do in our own, in our own lives and leadership and leading ourselves and others when we apply those versus the inverse. And it's, I think it's more natural to be prideful and to be greedy and to be kind of selfish and lazy and, and, and so forth, but we don't have to be, and it's definitely our choice. So any, any other details, Clay, from any of those stories that you want to share from your perspective or any other additives that, that you, you'd like to share? No, not from those. I, I have a bunch of things to share, just working with other family members, things I've learned, just, you know, probably a couple dozen, just little practical, tactical things that we could rattle through quickly for people yeah, that are thinking it. about the challenges, because the per, the perception of nepotism is far worse than nepotism, but it's mm. it's reality. That perception is reality. So you mm -hmm. have to deal with it, especially the bigger the company gets. So, I mean, I... I I've experienced this, the sadness and the hurt of parting ways with a family member where the relationship gets strained. Hmm. And, you know, we had, um, I'll just be, be specific. So um, Eric and I, Eric and Scott and I were the founding partners, but Brad Martineau, their brother, my, my wife's younger brother, um, was an early employee and a critical employee. And he was hugely valuable and was awesome. And as the company got bigger, he started to get a little frustrated at times. I think probably for him, he wanted to be more as a co-founder brother. And I, I, and I, you know, I was just seeing that there were some problems that were starting to happen. And we got to a point where the business was, was having a hard time and we needed to make some cost reductions. And I, in, in my gut, I just knew that, that the company was going to be better. And Brad ultimately would be better if we parted ways, but I knew it was going to be super hard. And yet I just sure. had in my gut, I knew it. And so as we were talking with, as I was talking with my two co-founders and we were figuring out how we were going to let some people go and remove a, a bunch of costs from the business and make those awful decisions you have to make, I said, look, we, we have to let Brad go. And, and it was awful. You know, they were both pleading with me not to do that. My wife was pleading with me not to do that. And yet I just knew in my gut, I knew it was the right thing for the business. Hmm. So, you know, I, I've made hard decisions. I've let go of family members, good friends, and sometimes the, the business just requires it. And so you have to realize that going in, that sometimes the business needs the leader to make those decisions. And, and it's not always about the individual that's being let go. There's a lot of other factors that go into it. And yet sometimes people just can't, they can't deal with that. So you have to, you know, that age old principle, don't hire anybody that you can't fire is true. Like you have to, and both sides have to understand that. And that's yeah. what you did that first time at about, you're like, look, if I don't deliver results, then I get removed. And, and, you know, from this, from when you were at keep some, when, when we, you parted ways, it was about more than just results. There were a yeah. bunch of factors and dynamics that were going on that caused a lot of problems and a lot of challenges. Totally. And, and to this day, I don't think that necessarily, necessarily the fair 
or quote unquote right thing was for you to leave, but it's what the business required. Mm -hmm. And that sucked. It was mm -hmm. awful. I hated mm -hmm. it. You hated mm -hmm. it. But we both knew, yeah, that's kind of where we are right now. It was time, right? Right. And so when when it happens, sometimes the hurt is is sometimes the leader just struggles to have the courage and the strength to do it. But the family member on the other side can make it easier by doing what you did, Jeff, in both cases. And in the case of Brad, you know, we went probably a year, year and a half where, you know, family gatherings were unpleasant because it it was there was just a lot of hurt there more right. probably more for Brad's wife than and for my wife than it was for me and Brad and but eventually right. eventually he got to a place where he said because I told him when, at the time I said listen it's it, it, you're going to do amazing and it's going to be better for you and your life it's going to be better I can just tell you need to not mm -hmm. be working for somebody right that's like who you are you're a business owner and that can't work here. So it needs to work for you and your life as a business owner. And that Brad's built a great business. He's, you know, within a year or so, he started to get his business really going. And I think, you know, he's told me that, yeah, that was the best thing that could have happened to me. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, it sucked the day we did it. And <laughs> for a long time after that, it was rough. Right. And, and so it does, you know, it does, it, it is hard. I'll tell you though, that just a number of things I've learned the leader's got to have that courage and conviction to do what's right for the business and love the person that's their family member that they're working mm -hmm. with. And mm -hmm. that's a hard thing because you, and so it requires a lot of humility and courage and strength to do what you need to do. Yeah. Additionally, the business, like I believe that if you are a family member, the bar of performance is higher for you than anybody else. Mm -hmm. And why is that? Because the perception of nepotism is real. And so you've got to be a star and people have to see you as a star because whenever something happens for you in the business, the natural tendency of others is to say, well, that's because, totally. of, you know, he's a family member. She's a right. family member. So, so the bar has got to be higher. Yeah, I have fact, two sons in the business right now. And I told them, look, the bar is higher for you. That's the yeah. way it is. Yeah. It, it, and, and that's not necessarily fair. That doesn't seem right. And that's a cost of doing business with family members. You've got and that's why you, you've got to push yourself to be great. Totally. As family members. Right. In fact, you, you said to me in, in our ground rules conversation, there will likely be times where I'll want to give you praise. And I, and I normally would if you were a different employee, but I won't be able to. And and I totally understood and said, agreed. And I said, results will calm all concerns. And as yep. I drive my own individual results in a way that's natural and organic, people will know, okay, this, this is legit. It's not just because of the last name. And, but, you know, we had to have that conversation. I think it was super helpful. And I think it's great that you had that with your sons as well, who are now working with you, which is awesome. I, I love, I love that awesome. they're there. They are such world-class talent. And I, I just have seen what they've done and they are they're phenomenal. It's so cool. And that's the other thing. A couple other principles I want to point out. Uh, you, you have to have a higher bar for your family members in terms of delivering results. Um, you it goes also, for friends too, by the way, as you're listening. Keep yes. Going. You also, you also must um, recognize, you have to, you have to face uh, issues and challenges that are popping up with nepotism concerns, you've got to address those. Mm -hmm. You have to have open conversation. You've got to keep lines of communication open. Um, 
you also, as the leader, need to recognize that, like for me, I had to realize that sometimes I actually err on the side of trying to protect too much that perception. Hmm. And so there have been times where I haven't, I've been slow to put talent on a certain problem because that person's related to me and I don't want that that perception. Right. But then I, I get to a point where I'm like, no, I got to solve this freaking problem. And I know this person can solve it. So I, we need to solve the problem. Right. And, and so sometimes you do that. But but it's it's um, you know, I, there was a period of time I remember I was I was slow to promote you as a family member mm -hmm. or others. And then that's not fair either. If you're mm -hmm. delivering the results, you're getting the job done. You've got to be fair to that person and then address the concerns of nepotism that people have. Another principle is as companies get bigger, if you can avoid having family members report to each other, that's a wise approach. Right. And we, we generally do that. There have been times where we've, we've made an adjustment, but I, it, the company just runs better when, and the culture is stronger when you don't have family members reporting to each other, mm -hmm. even in the same department, if you can avoid that. Sometimes you can't. Um, another principle is you have to guard yourself on that favoritism versus, you know, the, the, you have, you have stronger trust with those folks. So then you have to realize, wait, am I maybe showing lesser trust with others mm -hmm. because I've got this in this ingrained trust that's been built over years through a family relationship or a right. close friend relationship. And, and so you have to, as the leader, you've got to work against that and you've got to be wise with the family member to know how that can appear and how that can feel to others. Yeah. If in a group meeting, you're always, your eyes are more often on the family member or mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when you have something you need to talk through, you pick up the phone first to the family member because right. everybody thinks that you sit around at family gatherings all day and just talk about the business right. and so they're left right. out of those conversations. That's what's naturally in people's minds. They think, well, since you guys are family members, of course you're talking all the time. Right. What they don't realize is my spouse is saying, would you please not talk about fam about business when right. we're around family because it drives me nuts and it right. drives everybody else nuts. Can you so just don't turn it either. off, please? Right, right. exactly. Right. So anyway, there's, those are just some of the principles I've learned over the years, and there, there are lots of others. But but I, I think the main thing I would say is that that point of, you got to do what's right for the business and love the person. And when those things clash, it's really hard. Yeah, totally. And I loved how you shared, you know, have courage and conviction to do what's right and have love for the person. It doesn't have to be either or. Right. You know, and sometimes if it's, if it's courage and conviction with the absence of love, it's cold and, you know, ruthless. But if it's all love without courage and conviction, then it's so soft that that's not helpful either. But you can have both. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. And I, I, I think that's the highest level of leadership that is, is super tough to, to, to attain, but it can. Yeah, be that's the courage and care of leadership. For and sure. it, you know, it, it's it, whether you're a parent, you know, do you think, think about when you're a parent and you're disciplining or reprimanding a child? I remember we we learned we we learned a program called Love and Logic years ago, and it was a game changer for me and Sharice. But it's really the courage and care of being a parent leader. Yeah, and and it's I love you and no, right. And it's it's both of those things. And we, Sharice and I laugh about this because we used to <laughs> we used to say literally to our our young kids, we'd say I love you know can I have candy? You know can I have this before dinner? I love you and no. And, and we, we would get this quizzical look, look from our kids because it feels like you can't love me and say no. 
And right. one time our, our, our daughter Bella said, just say I love you and yes. <laughs> you know, like, how, how come you can't say that? But it's I love you and no. And that's so whether, you know, when you're working together in family, it's the same thing. Yeah, I love it. Awesome principles. One, one quick story and then we'll end. Uh, as you mentioned just now about, you know, who you look to and lean on for family and friends. I just literally had this experience with one of the teams that I'm, I'm working with. They're in the UK and four of the executive team members have been a part of the company for quite a while. Two of them are really close friends with the CEO. They golf together. They, they go out yeah. together. They'll, they'll go to the pub together. And a new member was hired in and you know, from the outside perspective, it's very easy to see the difference, right? I, I, I had the, the luxury of seeing, sure. you know, different ways that the communication was happening and, and feelings that this new individual felt that she just felt ostracized, did not feel connected. Right. We, right. Had this, we had this leadership development session and we're going through it. And, you know, I, I posed, posed a few questions, just as you said, I'm like, you know, do you communicate to so-and-so first? Do you lean, to so, do you lean on so-and-so first? And, and the CEO's eyes got super big and he's like, I'm totally showing favoritism right? and preferential treatment and didn't even realize it. So often, the reason why I like that story is because there was no malintent. It was just a blind spot. And right. so it required him to you know, have someone call that out, but mostly his humility and self-awareness to own it and then to change it. And that was three months ago. And I was just with him last week and just actually flew home yesterday. And the difference in the dynamic of that team now, just that we were able to broach that subject, talk about favoritism, talk about how we were all part of that, they're now so much more cohesive, so much more united, so much more powerful to the fact that at the end of this offset we had together, we went around and kind of talked about what was most poignant for us. And this new executive looked at the team and I said, so what, what was stood out most for you? And she said, I belong and I'm part of the team. And I love it. And literally the other executives, they got chills. They're like, <laughs> one of them goes, I got chills. I got chills, mate. That was great. And I was like, and that was beautiful. But see, had the CEO not had the humility to change that, right. he would have said, no, 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 it's not. And but got defensive and denied. So I think it's a great rule of thumb for each of us. Be aware and be aware that there are blind spots that we have and have the humility to let others correct and, and to help and to serve so that we can then continue to grow and be our best. So awesome, awesome stuff, Clay. Thank you for sharing. Love, I love talking with you. I knew this episode would be great. And it was, um, hopefully people that are listening can know you don't have to be a statistic of the horror stories with family and business. You don't have to lead lazily and apathetically when you're leading with, with friends and family. You can choose the high road and choose powerfully and lead, lead wonderfully, but it takes intentionality. It takes ground, ground rules that we talked about. It takes really open communication to make sure that we stay on that path together and course correct as needed. So again, Clay, you're awesome. Thank you. Um, Jeff, thank you. Thanks for all you do to, to coach leaders and help people make the, these hard realizations in their teams and I love it. I, I miss working with you and I'm excited to see at the same time. I'm excited to see all the awesome stuff you're doing as you help coach leaders. Totally. Thank you. I'm totally with you. And the good news is I'm working with your team a little bit. So that's good. Right. I like that. Right. We, awesome. we, and we had to broach the nepotism subject yet again, <laughs> Right. which and was great. Right. Us, you helped us work through that. It was awesome. That so was good. A, the other thing great. too, 
that I remember that I need to thank you publicly. Um, 15 years ago, roughly, is when you started coaching with Steve. Yeah. And I'll never forget the first coaching session you came back and you were on fire. Your countenance was different. You had more clarity. You had more conviction. You had more confidence. I could feel it. And I was like, dude, what, what happened? Where were you? And you said, I just had my first coaching session. And you lit up. And I remember where we were standing in the office and everything. And I was like, oh, that's right. I remember that. And I, but I had forgotten. And then I looked at you and stopped. And I was like, that's me. That's what I'm going to do someday. I'm going to coach CEOs. And you stopped. And you know when something just rings true, you, you just know it. And you said, mm-hmm. oh, you're right. You're born for this. Totally. So thank you. 15 years ago, that was that seed was planted. But I knew 12, I wanted to- 12 years ago. 12. Okay. Wow. 12 that was, years ago. I thought it was more than that. 12 years ago. Yeah. So yeah. super powerful. And thanks to you and your courage to continue to lead and grow and seek outside help, it gave it planted the seed in me. That's what I could do. And now here I am. So thank you yeah. for, for doing that. I love- I love that story and I never forget that feeling. Obviously, I forgot when it was, but (laughs) didn't forget where we were for sure and the feeling that I felt. So thanks again. You bet. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. This has been a lot of fun. You bet. If if people want to reach out to you or or get to know Keep a little bit better, what's the best place for them to to learn more? Um, Keep.com, K-E-A-P.com. The whole point is the reason for the brand is the grid of entrepreneurs keep going, keep serving, keep growing. Love so keep.com. You can email me clate at keep.com. Awesome. Great. Clate, thanks again. Appreciate you. Love you. You're the man. Everybody, Love you too. Hopefully you can implement this and the nuggets that you've heard, you can now learn to be even more ready to lead. So have an awesome day, night, wherever you are, whatever you're doing and help lead more powerfully to help influence those, those lives that are around you for the positive. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Clay. All right. Take care. See you. Thanks for listening to the Ready to Lead show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating on your favorite podcast platform. And if you want to stay updated on the release of new episodes, be sure to hit that follow button. And Jeff and Richard, they want to hear from you. If there's an episode topic you'd like to hear them dive into, or something about today's episode that was a big breakthrough, or maybe even something you disagree with, they want to know. Send them an email at feedback at readytolead.com. Thanks again for tuning into this episode. We'll see you on the next one.